Happy Halloween, everyone. It's Paul Durham on Telling Lies to Children, coming to a day early because I wanted to have a special Halloween edition of Telling Lies to Children. Uh, Today is the first in a series of um, a little bit different type of podcasts I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm doing on-location uh, podcasts recorded live just to break it up a little bit. And uh, today I was uh, in downtown Exeter, New Hampshire. Actually, it was this, uh, this was recorded uh, the other night on a dark and stormy night, perfect weather for uh, telling creepy stories. And I went to my favorite bookstore, which is Water Street Bookstore, in, right in downtown Exeter, and I spoke with two of my favorite booksellers. Uh, they are uh, Jill Sweeney Bosa and Alice Ahn. Uh, they work in the children's section, and they are just uh, prolific readers and uh, make a- amazing recommendations. Um, and we spent uh, almost a full hour talking about just w- wonderful, creepy, spooky kids' books that uh, we enjoyed in childhood as well as new releases that are coming out. So I think it was a lot of fun. Great episode to have in honor of Halloween. And as always, you can check us out on pauldurhambooks.com. That is my website. Uh, you can find me on iTunes and Stitcher. And sit tight after the introduction and pick it up with me and Jill and Alice. Happy Halloween, everybody. Shh. Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature that's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing the business of telling lies to children. But only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. So here we are at Water Street Bookstore, my favorite bookstore Yay. in downtown Exeter, New Hampshire, <laughs> on a very stormy and rainy night. It's uh, perfect. A, per- a, perfect a perfect night to talk about, um, talk about scary, spooky books. And I'm here with two of my favorite booksellers, children's booksellers. Aww. That is Jill Sweeney Bosa. Hello. And, and Alice Ahn. Hi. All right, there they are. And so you guys, this is your first podcast either of you have done. Is that right? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. It's really <laughs> nice of you to have us. Thanks. And I, thank you for trusting us. Oh, I trust you very much because I can always edit this. There's and, power and, and, here. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have, now I have to tell you, Jill, I've never had to put the explicit label on any guests yet. But so, I, <laughs> so, it's, so it's all right, though. If you let we'll any, put our children's bookseller brain on. It's all right. If, if, uh, if, you, if, you let, if you let one slip, I can always put the e-label or edit it up. So don't worry about it. So, so I, I thought it would be great to talk with two children's booksellers about scary books in honor of Halloween. Of Halloween. So, awesome. We like that idea. Yeah. And I, know, I happen to know both of you do like scary books and spooky oh. books. We do. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do, you still, do you still read them as adults? I do. In fact, it's funny. <laughs> I am a latecomer, a late bloomer to scary books. I did not read them. At, well, I read them as a kid because I was desperate for good stories and I loved dark fairy tales that I didn't mind if those got a little twisty and and um and spooky but if a book was labeled as a scare your pants off you're gonna have to sleep with the lights on kind of book I just didn't go for it but I've since discovered that I was missing out on a lot of great stories so now I read them so now it's fair game no no more you don't have to sleep with the light on anymore (laughs) well you know what I will tell you I brought one of the books with me today that I think I would still have to leave the the light on I read the house with a clock in its walls oh I remember that as a kid I remember when I I was a kid yes and that was the one that sort of made me say okay I'm not cut out for the scary stuff you know but um, I read you? it again okay. uh, in my twenties, and again 
much later in my 40s. <laughs> and it's just one of, one of the greats. Um, Lewis comes to live with his uncle. He discovers there's magic afoot. And how cool is that? And then suddenly he discovers that there's also bad magic afoot. And one of his little magical experiments goes awry and he resurrects uh, the original owner of the house he's in who has built a murderous clock which is in the house's walls and it's creepy and awesome and I highly recommend and it holds up you find it holds up all these years later yeah it's just as good I knew it was good when I was a kid um, and I just feel it really has some staying power it's so funny because that's one that I just recently recalled when I was thinking about scary books and I remember, you know, John Belair is in The House with the Clock on His Walls. And that's part, there was an ongoing series. That's right. Right? That's the first in, in a series of three, maybe? I can't. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I might have to check that out. I see you have a reprinted, you know, it's a, it's a new cover or like a new It kit, is, yeah. yeah. I think that, I think the publishers know that that still is a story to be told and, um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. That's a good one. So that's, so that, that's scary even for adults. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, good stuff. All right, what else? What else we have? Well, um, I thought I would um, maybe dial back a little to younger books um, and picture books. It's a really wonderful time in picture books um, right now. There's lots of lots of variety, and Halloween books are no exception. We've got a few in the store right now that I think are super good. Um, There's one called Bone Soup by Cambria Evans, and it's just this sweet little super hungry skeleton is looking for a good meal, and it's just a a bit madcap, and the illustrations are great, all kinds of ghostly beasties um, throughout the pages, and a really fun read, so it's got that um, icky, creepy, cool, funny factor, but certainly not anything that would be too frightening. Don't have to leave, youngest readers. Don't have to leave the lights on after that one. Right. It's, it's, it's really, really fun. And then there's one um, that we're carrying this year that I've just been enthralled with. It's called Los Gatos Black on Halloween. And it's told in both English and Spanish. Very and cool. um, it's about this, um, a ball in a haunted hall. And the illustrations are really lush and gorgeous. So, kind of quirky, but um, a fun story. Again, all the spookies that... that you know, we associate with nighttime, like the black cats and werewolf and and witches and stuff. But again, it's meant for the younger readers, so it's more fun and uh, spooky as opposed to flat-out scary. And, um, oh, another new one, The Creepy Case Files of Margot Malou. Drew Wang wrote this. And, um, and illustrated? Yeah, and, oh, yeah, and illustrated as well. well. So we've got a a doubly awesome person there and it's um graphic novel format and it's really fun fast-paced um and i think i think kids would like it and this is for um early uh chapter book readers through um middle grade and it's um it's really fun so it's gotten a lot of uh press from Tom Engelberger who's really well known and Adam Rex as well two really well known um authors and it's got a, a fun pace to it oh, so now when do your when do the halloween books start trickling in i know for the fall season probably yeah, early, we, yeah, probably in the summer in the summer right? looked at that box and we said this seems really early yeah but i mean it? i guess it always seems early because it's just our brains get used to hey it's nice to take a break from halloween and then it's like oh halloween is here yeah <laughs> so um and we we try to do um at least a full wall display of the um, of the Halloween books because we're big fans of um, the the genre anyway. But we also want we also want folks to know that um, it's a really great idea to give spooky books yeah. at a Halloween. That's kind you know? of it's better it's than fun. candy. It won't rot your teeth. It won't, and <laughs> right? it'll make you so smart. You yeah. know, it's um, so so. Yeah, we're we're really big fans. Of that, and so um, yeah. When as soon as we got those boxes, I think we had our display up um, second week of September. I think so. Yeah, but maybe by the third week of September because we had people asking, mm-hmm. which was really exciting. They yeah. they said, "Do you have it? I know it's early, but do you have anything?" So um, we put it up, and uh, things have been moving along really nicely. Now, now, how do you guys, and this is a little bit of a departure, we'll get back to scary books, but just in general, how do you guys, uh, you do such a great job of picking really 
great books yeah. like to you know to sort of to sort of display and to to hand sell to your you know to your readers mm-hmm. how do you how do you sort of curate your own indiv- i mean if obviously we're on a podcast so people can't walk over there but you have this great children's section and if you walk over there some i mean i as somebody who's in the business i can tell you really put a lot of care into the books that you pick oh, to put face nice out and, and things like Thank that you. no but you and i'm not just saying that because you're here I, 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 I won't talk poorly about you when i when <laughs> i walk back. out the door he still gets the gold yeah star. yeah right yeah. exactly you, you know you know i have to do another event here that's why i'm being very nice to them of course <laughs> <laughs> kidding, um, but yeah, but you guys do such a great job. How do you go about cure? I mean, how do you go about sort of curating that and creating? You know, is it is it the two of you? Do you collectively work with all the booksellers in the in the shop, or how does that work? Well, I think definitely we talk back and forth each other so much with books, and because we have such a large center of the Venn diagram of books that we both enjoy <laughs> and genres that we both enjoy, it's always like, oh, that book is so cool, and you should read it. And I, I think a lot of our books are just swapsies between us. So by the time, you know, we get to displaying books, it's like we've already looked at a lot of them and thumbed through a lot of them. You know, even if it's something that we might not particularly like, it's like at least we know what it's about and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And definitely when it comes to Halloween, you know, both of us are pretty big, spooky, morbid yeah. yeah. <laughs> Enjoyers. Yeah. It was, um, and you know, it's, it's wonderful being a bookseller because, well, for many reasons, but one of the reasons, one of the things is that we get advanced reader copies of books. And so we just have that luxury of choice. There's just so much to look at. And so, um, and being lifelong bookworms, we just find that it's, um, we find ourselves digging through that pile and, and getting through them as quickly as possible because we, we do get a big kick out of sharing with the kids. And um, Dan and Steph here at the store um, are wonderful about saying, run with it. If you know of a particular series or an author um, that you'd like to have us carry, let's get it in. You know? and so, um, We're also good at um, knowing what we would like and knowing yes. what we would enjoy to hand sell um, to yeah. get the books in and be like, you know, this looks like something you would like, so we should get it in the store. So, you know, it's the whole, like, having to talk about a book we don't like doesn't actually happen all that often. It's true, yeah. And it's just, And it's a wonderful time for yeah. kids lit. Like I mentioned with the picture books, we're seeming, we seem, seem to be having um, this, this rush of really high-quality stuff coming through the store and it was so exciting um we had Reni- Raina Telgemeier uh visit us last week which was awesomely awesome she was promoting her newest graphic new novel Ghost Ghost yeah very apropos for this moment uh-huh. and um it's uh deserves every single star review that it's been getting it's mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful and um it has a, a different type of feel like somebody heard the word ghost and they said okay I definitely can't read that but it's, it's not a really a spooky yeah. book. It's 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 not somebody jumping a ghost jumping out of the yeah. closet to throttle like, you kind you know, of thing. Creepy it's, illustrations that well, you're like. Ooh. Well, I was gonna say the cover wouldn't really give you the indication there's gonna be any <laughs> throttling going exactly. on, right? You know, but it's it's this lovely um, story of family and hope and dealing with things as they come along. And there's um, this is not giving anything away because um, it's in the book trailer and stuff. But you, um, for many kids, I think it'll be there an introduction to the Day of the Dead celebrations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a beautiful thing. But what was so cool is that she came into the shop and she turned around and said, this whole section practically is a kid section. You know, we, we've got an entire room, basically, yeah. Yeah. Of, um, of kids' books. And I had to think for a moment, and it's true, you don't, you don't often see um, a lot of space. You know, sometimes it's just space constraints and you... You just have to work with what you've got. But um, Dan and Steph have been um, really committed to the idea of having um, a big, beautiful kid section. Yeah, and, and, and for anyone who, has, who hasn't been here, um, if you're in the extra area, you should come down. But it, aside from that, it's, it really is like a separate room. It almost feels, it doesn't feel like a separate store. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. continuity between the two, but physically it feels like it's, you're walking yeah. into a separate a separate. Yeah store almost. And I imagine at one point the space probably was a separate store before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's further down the street yeah. and then we were they were separate stores and then they combined. I remember right. when I was young and I came to the store and it was two separate stores. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But it, I, I I think it's really nice and, and like especially because there are so many children's books right now and um, and I think it also like having that connection to the adult side is also really nice because I think 
you know, as much as the kids like kids' books, it's nice to also see adults who like kids' books. There are, I mean, mm-hmm. we get a lot of adults who are like, that sounds really cool, and, you know, it's for kids, but, you know, I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, I think it's it's nice to have that appreciation of all ages of kids' books. Yes, um, I agree. It, you know, from chapter books to picture books. Um, and, like, one of my favorite series, and, like, both me and my friend who are, you know, 20-something-year-olds are like, when's the next book coming out? And it's like, yeah. technically, I mean, there are, I guess, loftier books to be excited for, but, you know, <laughs> children's books are great. They, yeah, they um, are. They have a wonderfully separate tone from adult books that I, I really adore, and it's almost like a nice break from adult books every now and then. Well, I, I um, you know, I, I was I just yesterday. I was in front of some librarians, and I happened to be reading a bunch of C.S. Lewis quotes mm-hmm. about um, about children's literature. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't get them exactly right, but the you know one of the the ideas that he says is that you know any book, any ch- uh, children's book that's not worth reading at age fifty really isn't worth reading at all. Oh, and I think that's yeah. and I think that's really true. The mm-hmm. best you know the best children's books are ones that aren't for kids; they're for everybody. Um, yeah. And I and I think you know the, the writers that I admire in in the kids lit world are are the ones who are aspiring to do that and write for everybody and exactly. it, it, they just happen to be marketed to kids but they're for you know yeah. parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and whoever it is that may read to them. It's true. Uh, Alice um, has one in her stack that we're looking at right now. Yeah, that fits and, that bill. Yeah, why, why don't you talk about that one? Because I because I happen to I happen to, yes, to you know have heard Jerry. my entire <laughs> and I've heard your, yeah. of how much I adore this series. It's um, so good. It is the series called The Thickety. Um, I first started at, when when the book. Like, it was before the book came out. It was one of the advanced reader copies. I had sort of read it on a whim at, like, one in the morning, and I was stayed up to finish the book, and I was like... It, it was the type of book that, like, shot adrenaline into me, and it was like, okay, now I can't sleep, not necessarily because of the creepy factor, although it is very creepy, um, but just because it was, like, it was that rush of, this is such an amazing book, and I have to read more of everything anything yeah. right now <laughs> it's beautifully written and um this is one of the books that um both my friend and i have been um basically every time i get the next book i immediately pass it over to my friend and then we then we just gush yeah. about it for like a day or so <laughs> um and it's about um it's a very one of the things that i like about the thickety the most is not just its creepy monster factor which there are like there is definitely creepiness um of the book um, in terms of monsters and things but the biggest creep factor of it is this sort of gray morality that the book is able to achieve and not apologize or fix um throughout the course of the series you know there's there's so much middle ground and the sort of the paranoia of, you know, is this person who's helping me? Are they actually bad? You know, this person did a bad thing. You know, are they still bad? Or, you know, should I believe the redemption? Um, you know, it, it's that adds so much to the creepiness of it because it adds that paranoia and you're just like ripping through pages being like, okay, are they going to betray her? And I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, so the fourth book is coming out, um, I believe next, next year, um, around this, the, same the, spring, time. the spring. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it is an amazing conclusion to the series. Um, I'm so excited to see what J.A. White, the author is going to write next. And I'm, and wondering, I, I, ha- I happen, I happen to know, but I'm not going to tell oh, you. No, <laughs> can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah um, that's good stuff. But yeah. yes, it's definitely one of those books that I think you know has an amazing horror factor for ages like eight to a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> and twenty. We do, we do, we agree, both of us, that we would love this book, but we do caution readers. Um, we ask them, "Do you like creepy books?" Mm-hmm. And if they say yes, we like. Do you like really creepy books? This one's dark. Yeah. Um, and But it's not, again, I, I love the books where the author's able to embrace that, that um, the, the darkness and the otherness, the strangeness, without um, freaking kids out completely. Mm-hmm. You know, they allow the story to be deep. And um, this is one of them. So we've had a couple of folks that we've said, maybe wait a year. Um, but then so many others... Um, have read it and have come back to tell us that was a really good book. Yeah. And I think that's right. I think every reader is different. Every fourth grader or fifth grader is yeah. different. So, it's true. Yeah. 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 And um, so, so uh, funny story about 
uh, Jay White, Jerry, um, he was the first guest on my podcast. Oh, that's right. And, that's I rem- right. And, and I told him, and he got a big kick out of the fact that I said, uh, oh, guess they have a thickety poster at my fa- local independent bookstore. And it's on the bathroom door. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> it's what you see when you go into the restroom. And he got a big kick out. I sent, actually took a picture and sent it oh, to him. Oh, that's great. And he got a big kick out of the fact that, the, that that was the door to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Is that you're doing, Alice? <laughs> I don't know, but I, that, was, that was one of the posters I, I took home um, when we were switching all the posters out. And I was like, please, please, let me take the thickety poster home. I will put it up immediately in my room. Um, so that's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really talented author, and he's, he's in his nice as can be a really, really nice guy so um, oh that's wonderful that's, yeah that's it's, he's, he's got the stuff it's yeah. really good yeah and uh I, I mean i grew up and you know i wasn't quite as um against horror books when i was a kid i couldn't handle horror movies for some reason the oh, whole gosh, like no. yeah. thing about horror films <laughs> like just got to me so badly um, but reading horror stuff as a kid i read so much horror stuff as a kid especially like you know the great classics the um you know, oh no, I lost it again. They had like really creepy covers, um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. One of my favorite yeah. horror books as a kid, and like the illustrations really make that book. They actually redid the illustrations with um, Brett Helquist, who did um, mm-hmm. Lemony Snicket, which mm-hmm. I also have here, um, which is more in the sense of morbid books. And I, I think there's a lot of crossover in between there of morbid and creepy. Yeah. Um, and definitely I was into a lot of the morbid stuff <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then, but, like, I don't remember reading a lot of stuff as a kid that really scared me. That was the um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was definitely one of them. I would just be in my bed staring at the ceiling being like... Okay, okay, there's nothing on the other side of my bed. So it was one of those like combination factors that, that got to me with the illustrations. Um, but I, I, there's a series, the Bailey School Kids, that I remember I read dozens of when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and they were all, they're all sort of like funny, spooky books. Um, so the first one was called Vampires uh, Don't Wear Polka Dots. <laughs> they're all they're about this school that gets these weird teachers and uh profess uh not professors but like faculty that you know they believe are um supernatural things like vampires and ghouls and you know but the other kids in the class are like don't be silly vampires don't wear polka dots um and so they like throughout the course of the book it's like you can't you're sort of like are they a vampire or aren't they a vampire i can't really tell and i if i recall they never really conclude with the like oh yes they were a vampire it kind of leans that way but it's like well the good thing is that they left the school and they're not creeping up the place anymore. <laughs> there you go that's a, that's an important yeah what 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 are what's and I want to go through because I see mm-hmm. I I actually see what's cool is in both of your stacks I see books that I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's one, what's one in either one of your stacks or elsewhere um, that really lingered with you and like that like stayed and sort of either bothered you or kind of gave you the creep? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go I'm, ahead, Jill. <laughs> I'm holding up Neil Gaiman's absolute masterpiece, the Graveyard Book. Um, I. I have such love for this book. It, it's another one of those that um, stands the test of time. And um, there's, there's all the bells and whistles for, like, the creepy kind of story. So there's an orphan um, who's come into his orphanness in a really kind of scary way. And there's obviously a graveyard. And there's uh, all kinds of creatures of the night. And yet, when you think about, okay, the dark is scary, the dark is dangerous. Well, sometimes there's beautiful things in the dark, too. And love and family and and um, devotion can come from some pretty surprising places. And I think that's why I love this book so much, because um, Bod, the nobody Owens, he's known as Bod, um, in the story, um, ends up having a really unusual childhood, mm-hmm. you know, He's he's basically being raised in a graveyard, raised by ghosts, with with all yeah. learning all kinds of strange mm-hmm. and wonderful things. Um, but also there's a there's that undercurrent of you know this this kid is still an orphan and he's got some difficulties and um, and there's some there's still peril you know he's still in peril to, to some extent. But I um, I just love that 
by the by the end of the story, you just you just see all those levels that Neil Gaiman is so wonderful at capturing. Um, it's beautifully told. Um, it's I love the pacing of it, and it really resonates. So I I never quite got over it, and it's one of the first ones that I when I have kids come in the store and they say they they want a, a deep story. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first things I think of, um, and, uh, yeah, and so, and it's interesting, this is a book that, um, my son and my husband read together, um, when he was, um, I think maybe fifth grade, and he came in, um, to my room, and I thought, oh, no, he's not able to sleep, it's scared him, but... He just wanted to talk about it. Yeah, he found yeah. it. He found it really unusual and and strange. And I just remember him saying, um, "But it's strange and beautiful at the same time." And that's exactly how I feel about it. Right, right. It's it, an absolute gem. It, it's always the first one I mention when people ask me what books I would recommend or what ones I really like. Yeah. You know, I often I often use the example. People ask what I read or, or what I I go I get. What do you get when you have writer's block? That's mm. that's the question I get a lot. And, you know, what do you do? And, and one of the things I say is I go back and I read books that inspire me to be a better writer. So oh. book, books that I, I can read that make me want to stop and put it down and say, I have to get better. And wow. one of one of those is the Graveyard Book. Um, it's, you know, that, that's one of the ones that I always remember. And, and as much as, you know, the structure of it and the craft behind it mm. is so interesting as well. I mean, it's really a series of short stories. Yeah. And as, if, as I understand it, when, when Gaiman was writing it, he was writing them as short stories and then sort of linking them afterwards. Mm. Um, and the other thing I think that's really, and it's, it's almost invisible, it's so seamlessly done, is the mythology mm-hmm. behind the creatures in the book. Yes. Are so, it's so understated that you... You fill in the blanks. So, oh, I love that. You're so, right. so um, Silas, who mm-hmm. is sort of his caretaker. Yes. Silas is, by all accounts, you would assume he's a vampire. Um, that term is never used anywhere in in You're the right. book. There's there's never any sort of real reference to yeah. that. Um, same thing. There are you know the, the idea of like um, werewolves or lycanthropes uh, in, yeah. in in the book. Um, just glossed over, and it allows the reader to sort of paint in their own mythology behind it. And I think that's 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 a really good point. I, yeah. I think that's what I find is so fascinating because you could spend forever just doing backstory and doing world building about the vampires and this and that and the ghosts. Right. And it's really just he just sort of gave you. It's like a great painter who just kind of gives you the details and, you, and yes. it allows your eye to sort of fill in what else yeah. is there. Um, so that's what I think for me as a writer. That's what I think is so structurally marvelous about that book is that it creates the spooky world that it you ha- you have all these right. characters and creatures. But so much of it is really going on in your own head, and you're sort of filling in the blanks of what's there based on how yeah. you interpret these things and based on what your, you know, cultural yeah. beliefs may be as far as ghosts or what happens after you die and things like that. So um, that's one of the things that I... But yeah, it's, one of my favorites. Is it's, it's a, and it's interesting that I've always loved a book that let me feel like I was in a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with the story, with the author, um, you've... if you. Um, feel you're being trusted by the author to sort of come into the story and, and engage. Um, I I love that you might have to sit there and think it out a little bit. And yeah. I, you know, and I know that in younger kids' books, sometimes they have to really spell out the scene. Um, mm-hmm. But because but we do know that people, the more you read, the better you get at inferential um, understanding. And it's um, yep. so yeah. So that's just an absolute classic. Yeah. Now, Alice, you have another Neil Gaiman in your stack, don't yes. you? Yes. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, what I love about the Graveyard Book is it has a great serenity about it. And mm-hmm. um, at the, um, I went to a Halloween thing at the uh, Unitary Universalist Church, and they actually read an excerpt from the Graveyard Book because mm. it, it is so. You know, the other the other side of you know is is not is not really the scary thing about the book. That is no. not you know. The, the ghosts aren't scary, and so I actually was not very scared by the graveyard book because it, there there is such an atmosphere of serenity of of being in the graveyard, and if anything, it it kind of the result from it is me feeling like oh I feel like I can I can 
go to a graveyard more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Those are my friends. Yeah. Um, the other uh, Neil Gaiman horror book which I have is Coraline, which is um, which definitely creeps me out. Um, the movie is also one of my favorite um, children's horror movies, and it is about a young girl named Coraline, not Caroline, um, and she finds a passageway to another world where. Um, people have buttons for eyes, and she meets this uh, person, creature thing, called the Other Mother. The Other Mother. We use that, we, oh, we, yeah. we, we've used that around my house one night when, <laughs> when, um, during some heated moments. <laughs> and um, it, it has some great illustrations, too, which also definitely help its um, visual nature. Um, and it's, it's that kind of creeping horror of just it's in the background and you're like um, there's something gonna happen and I just mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it and then it takes that turn and you're like no this is so much worse than what I expected <laughs> <laughs> so much worse than what I expected and it's a, and it's a, it's a fairly quick read I mean, it is yeah. yes yeah mm-hmm. But it's um, but it, yeah, that's another one of my favorites. When I talk about, we usually when I when I name my favorite Neil Gaiman books, those are the two that I mention. Yeah, I yeah. like his kids' books a lot more than his. Me adult too. Books, yeah, so me too. Perfectly honest. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. okay. I like the other yeah. one for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. I was going to talk about the one that lingered with me when I was a kid, and actually, a bunch of stuff. Um, that I remember, I was always really into Roald Dahl. I read the BFG. Um, that was my first Roald Dahl book that I ever read, and I subsequently had to read all of them, all of mm-hmm. them. Um, but the the creepiest one to me was The Witches, and um, they made a film adaptation. I don't remember how long ago. I never, I've never seen it. But the thing about The Witches is like, there's something, you know, it's goofy in the Roald Dahl esque way, but also he manages to twist that. Um, so it, it's like a very like childhood fear kind of thing. So like you're more attractive to witches the more you um, like the cleaner you are, the more you you know brush your teeth, the more essentially that you listen to your parents, the more attractive you are to witches. So right. it almost encourages the opposite. Right. Um, and uh, that definitely stuck with me for a long time. As there's a scene in the book where. You know, you're, um, the, the boy sees this um, auditorium of witches and they start taking off their hair and oh, wow. and mm-hmm. their shoes. And the freakiest thing to me is that they take their shoes off and they don't have toes. It's just like, <laughs> they just don't have toes. And I don't know why that was the image that I was like, nope, I can't deal with this. This is okay. It's awesomely creepy. That's yeah. why, yeah. Um, so, like, the witches really stuck with me. And a lot of... Um, I don't know if necessarily it was definitely like again it was not books that really scared me a lot as a kid it was films yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh but the witches and and one of the biggest thing about the witches I think is that it has a rare sort of bittersweet ending um not to give too many spoilers but um and that was that was kind of a shock um when I was reading it for the first time because it was like wait not everything can end not everything. Not, this is not a perfect ending. This is what I am expecting from children's books, and it is not ended perfectly. You know, Charlie doesn't win the factory. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, it. I think it also had a lingering effect because, because of that, kind of unexpected, happy but not happy ending. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All all Roald Dahl books have that great, um, sick. Um, Sense of humor. That, that is, that I is Roald Dahl. Yes. <laughs> That's the Now, Jill, I just have to say, did you just go shush the owner of the bookstore? Did you just go shush Dan? No, I, I, I saw my daughter and I thought oh. maybe she oh. was chit chatting, so I gave her the shh. No. <laughh> Sorry, Dan. Yeah, that's, 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 that's Dan Chartrand, the, the owner of Water Street Bookstore, that I think Jill just went and shushed because he was making too much. This is a working bookstore, after all, so there's, we have no expectation of silence in, in the background. Um, I get a little school marmy yeah. sometimes. It's nice to have a little burble in the background. Right, yeah, yeah it, makes, it, gives us, it gives us some life. Oh, um, so what, what else, Jill, what else do you have? We'll, we'll do a few well, more. I I could, was... Like I said, I can keep you guys here all night, but I won't do that to you. During, I, mean, you I mean, and I know with, oh, with two booksellers, books. we, could, yeah. we could talk till actually the, probably the morning. But what else do you have? That so I'll run through um, a few more. Um, I don't know if you've read Jonathan Strauss. Oh, another one of my favorites. Did you oh, know that? Are you doing that just brilliant. to just yeah? <laughs> no, I just am um, 
the Bartimaeus trilogy completely mm -hmm. rocked my world, yep. and it's absolutely wonderful. And so when I found out that he was doing a new series, I jumped into it. Um, it's Lockwood and Company, and the first one was The Screaming Staircase, and um, it's all kinds of good. Mm -hmm. It's Jonathan Stroud, again, like Neil Gaiman, um, is really adept at telling a multi-layered story that's smart, clever, um, great on pacing, and um, really engaging characters. And the idea of Lockwood and Company is that uh, London's being overrun by ghosts, and um, the only people who can deal with these things effectively are children. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of up to the kids to um, sort of figure out how to handle all these phantoms that are running amok and causing all kinds of trouble. And so there's um, there's a great play between the characters, um, really satisfying character development, but awesomely creepy. Again, there's, um, there's um, sort of hold-your-breath moments throughout, and, um, and it's um, an absolute winner. So I highly recommend that series if you're into, you know, the, the scary stories. Um, that's, that's, and it just feels believable, even though we're talking about you know a city being overrun and by they, specters. Right. It, it he's he just is able to sort of let the story roll, and you feel like maybe it could have happened. You right. know? And so, right. and it's a, and it's Lockwood Company is basically an agency of of kids who yes. are whose job is to go in. I mean, in, they're in the effect, ones that the adults yeah. are looking to. Yeah, this right. is you know, can you imagine the, the responsibility yeah. to sort yeah. of save the world and. Yeah. And put themselves in peril while while um, doing it. At the it. same time, it's such a childhood like. Um, I, I think one of my favorite things about the middle reader section, not exactly favorite, but it amuses me the fact that there are so many parents that are disappeared. They're yeah, it <laughs> they're kidnapped, <laughs> and it's it just totally feeds into what I remember of that age, which was if only my parents weren't around, and then if they weren't around, I could totally save do the world. You, do whatever you yeah. wanted. Yeah, like not only whatever I wanted, but like I could be the hero of a story if only my pesky parents weren't around. So it's, it's so cool to me. <laughs> yeah, that, so there's like, that. Yeah. Like, it, only the children can save you. It's like, as as a kid, I would definitely be like, yes, only I can save everyone. Yeah. Me. <laughs> but there's, um, there's also another series... Um, I don't know if you've read Serafina in the Black Coat. I, ha I haven't read it yet, but I've, he I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah really yeah. good stuff. Robert mm -hmm. Beatty is the author, um, and the story is set on the Biltmore Estate. Okay. And so um, it's a great sort of atmospheric um, story um, that really takes a close look at, again, that thing I talked about earlier, otherness. When somebody doesn't quite fit into what people expect, uh, you know, the norm or whatever. And this Serafina is um, a young girl who pretty much um, lives an invisible existence on the Biltmore Estate. I mean, she's literally living right under these people's noses. She's hidden away. Um, she's not totally sure why. Um, we come to realize it's because she's very different. Um, and something starts happening at the Biltmore Estate, something really spooky and dangerous. And we discover that, and she discovers that um, she's the only one who can really figure this out. And she's going to have to sort of embrace her otherness and, and um, step out of the shadows. And it's got this wonderful interplay between, you know, the people living at Biltmore and then the natural world, um, the woods around the estate. Yeah. Um, Serafina is one of both. She's she's caught, it seems, between worlds. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes, it's really creepy and, and cool. excellent. And so, yeah, book two is out now. It's Serafina and the Twisted Staff. And I know book three is in the making. And so that's good. And I also wanted to mention, um, when I was a kid, I loved... Stories about Baba Yaga. I don't know if oh. you've yeah, there's, there's been old, a Baba Yaga resurgence lately. Uh, it's really, yeah. I know, and yeah. I, I was so delighted. It's um, Russian mythology, yeah. yes, just you know, there's old, definitely old been a stories. lot of books of that almost like because I definitely remember mentioning to you, I was yes. like, I feel like I've read like 
four books in a row that have all taken place in Russia, all take place in that mythology. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting because it's like it's come like it's almost a flip side to all of, a lot of the Greek stuff that you know yeah. um, that we're so used to hearing about. Right. Um, and and Russian mythology is exactly what you'd expect Russian mythology to be, which <laughs> yeah. is. Um, Miserable, <laughs> mostly gory, <laughs> and it's just it's um so the Baba Yaga story. You know, this is this is a witch who's um extremely clever and and um. Can you go tell that car to stop honking, Jill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just put a stop I'm, to that. I'm just, yeah. um, but it's um so the the story is that Baba Yaga is this um old uh, old witch of of um ancient times, and she's. Uh, gets around in her mortar and pestle, mm-hmm. and she's um, known for gobbling children. And that was told by many families for hun- hundreds of years. People have been telling the story of Baba Yaga. Um, but it, um, Marika Makula came out with this wonderful book last year, Baba Yaga's Assistant. It's a graphic novel um, illustrated by Emily Carroll, which, you know, double whammy there. I love Emily what Carol. a pairing! It's they they were just a match made in heaven for this book, but I love it because there it has that um, wonderful sense of um, spooky, you know, should I go there kind of thing. Um, but the but again, something that's not going to be too devastatingly uh, frightening. But the girl in the story, Masha, is. Um, really sort of in a rough having a rough time her family has been sort of upended um she's dealing with grief um and she feels that there's a lot of unfair stuff going on a lot of stuff feels like it's completely out of her control and she decides that she needs to change things up she she needs to get a grip on her future so she answers a want ad that was placed by baba yaga oh and right. <laughs> it's it's um really wonderful because um here's the Here's the one ad. It says, assistant wanted ASAP. Must have skills in hauling, obeying orders, cooking, and cleaning. Magical talent, a bonus. Must be good with heights. Enter Baba Yaga's house to apply. So um, she, um, the, the trick is getting into Baba Yaga's house. There's a, there's a um, method to it, and only, only the bravest, cleverest um, can figure it out. And so what... The, the, I won't give away the story, but I just love um, this character's exploration of um, who she is um, when she's not bogged down by the the day to day stuff. And it's um, clever, and and there's some humor as well, and it's so beautifully illustrated. And so I um, I was delighted. It won the New England Book Award last year, and I thought it was very deserving of that. It's great. Um, actually, I now that I think about it, it's it's also, it is kind of in the tone of ghosts. I mean, she's mm-hmm. dealing with her sister, and um, mm-hmm. you know, being, you know, she wants to be separate from her sister more than Cat um, does in Ghosts. Mm-hmm. But it is it is somewhat about that sisterly um, uh, relationship and sometimes antagonisticness of it. Um, I also want to just chime in about Emily Carroll. Although she, her um, sh- uh, graphic novel short story collection is for, I would say, significantly older readers, probably make sure that you're a teen and have a good constitution. Um, her, Word of warning. Yes. Her collection of horror graphic stories um, called uh, Through the Woods is oh, one so of amazing. the creepiest, yep. most horrifying things. Like, I... I was house-sitting um, when I got it for the first time, and I was house-sitting alone. I only had animals around me, and I was like, I look, and I already read it at the store, but I was like, I put it on the floor, and I was like, I can't read it because I am alone, and it will freak me out too much. It is, she's an amazing illustrator, yeah. and she has that perfect, she has this very finely tuned ability to just end a story so that you don't really get a conclusion, mm-hmm. and you're just stuck thinking about <laughs> what was but. unsaid and what was untold <laughs> yeah. it just really sinks into every part of of you that makes you want to scream all the time <laughs> are there any um 
scary titles on the horizon you guys are looking forward to that are coming? I mean, I know this is sort of the Halloween season, so you get a lot of them now, but are there any like coming this spring that you might be looking forward to? I mean, do you know of any coming down the, 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 sort of the, the pipe that you're looking forward to? Yeah, looking forward to um, the next Serafina book, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Um, there's a, I have a book here I'm holding in my hand called The Haunting of Falcon House that I haven't had a chance to read yet, but I'm completely drawn in. It's a gorgeous cover. And um, it says, a long, undisturbed bedroom, a startling likeness, a mysterious friend. Um, and so there's set in Russia, and there's all kinds of terrifying forces haunting the house. And I thought, okay, that sounds like something I should take a look at. So Another um, Russian book. Yes, I know. I tend to, I tend to have a love for that. So, um, so that's something that... Um, that's, that's a read that's on your... On that's, your I'm going to bump it up. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's you know, on the shelves now, yep. but I think I'm going to grab it. And bring yeah. it home tonight. It's a great time of year to to be reading it anyway. So, All right. And I see you have you have a tale um, a tale dark and grim from Adam yeah, Goodwitz. Yeah, Adam Goodwitz yep. is amazing. Yep. Um, I I love him. Um, and so yeah, that's a, an absolute um, you know fairy tales gone awry kind of thing, and witches, warlocks, um, and cool kids having to take matters into their hands. It's good stuff. What's always so fun is when I can sit down with booksellers like you guys, and I actually find books. I'm like, oh, I would, I would like to read that. Um, and so anybody, you know, listening, next time you go to your, you know, your children's section at the bookstore, and frankly, they're not all like Water Street Bookstore. Again, you guys, I mean, just if you, anyone who listens to the conversation mm-hmm. that you guys just had, um, there's a lot of thought when, when you know, when your when your uh, children's bookseller comes up to you and makes a recommendation. Um, you know, I think you know anyone who just heard this conversation. It's not just what the publishers are pushing on them; it's what they really love and enjoy. Yeah. And so, I think it's um, this was terrific. Like I said, this is you guys have you know you guys could talk about books all day. As as could I. I could listen to you talk about books all day. A, you guys do such a great job. Really, we do like to talk about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, it's really fun. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, the more Alice and I talk about it, we the more stoked we get. It just never goes away. You know, cool. we get excited for the next one. And um, and there are times when we don't agree, and we just sort of stare at each other and say, "No, no, I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't agree." And we fight to the death. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it's really neat because it helps. Um, you know, if there's something that Al- Alice is very, very widely read and well read, and so um, I can often, if it's something that I haven't read personally, I know what Alice has said about it, so I can share that with our customers, um, a trusted source. You know, I know she knows what she's talking about, and she loves the the genre so. Yeah. The kids' books. So, my problem with with most books is that I am very definitely extremely picky, and um, so I tend to be more negative than not. So when I talked to Jill about books, and you know, I came out of a book going, eh, and Jill was like, "Oh, it was amazing." It it just encourages me to see the better side of the book and not focus too much on on you know what I was ripping apart about it essentially. <laughs> so, and I think that's a really good thing because sometimes I do get wrapped up in that. So it's nice to have someone who's like. You know, Alice, maybe you should just not think about it that way. And it's like, no, that you have a total point. No, like, you know, it, you know, there are there are redeeming qualities to the book that I could yeah. be focusing on. Um, you guys and, are like the odd couple of the children's section. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alice is the messy one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just putting it out there. <laughs> we, we were also each other's like just kidding. first enemy as far as stacks go because when we when we do like a book, we add it to each other's stacks. So. It just creates a... Yeah, a, we we are guilty of um, being really big gluttons for books. And so we, we definitely, I feel very greedy sometimes. And I will leave a book for Alice because I feel so guilty that I've taken the last ten home. <laughs> so, I, so I might leave one for my her. My car but. is full of books, which yeah. I, is like the purgatory of books. Like, they're not in my house, so they are not real. Yeah. And my, uh, my entire family is like, no, they are real. They are taking up real space in your car. And it's like, no, but they're not on the shelf. So they're not, like, real, real. No, trust me on this. If you didn't have a, if you didn't have a car full of books, you wouldn't be doing your, your job, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, you're yeah. ready for anything. Right. Yeah, and yeah, a lot see? of them are stuff that you have handed to me as yeah. stuff that you've already read, and then I put in the car, and then think, I'll definitely read that sometime in the next couple of years. <laughs> Well, what, do you, what do you say? Should this be an annual tradition? We can do our, our annual Halloween spooky, I'm, spooky I'm, book if discussion. If you have me, I am yeah. in. Absolutely. Right. This right. has been really great. And it's really wonderful to get the perspective of 
an author that we love. We, oh, well, thank uh, you. We've made no yeah. secret of the fact that we absolutely love your voice. And when you, your real writing and the Luck Uglies um, make us really happy. I mean, that, that book is still such a thrill to hand sell. Well, For one you. thing, so many times kids come in hearing about it. They already are there. They're ready already. So, But if somebody says, what's this one about? Um, it's, it's really fun. To, to so, introduce them to that. So I'm just going to take the copy away. I just had you read <laughs> as, as, a sort of the, as, as, as sort of the on-air ad. But no, no. Um, thank you, thank you very much. I, I actually, but and we I can't wait for Goyle. It. Yeah, well, Goyle has a new name. It is he's called <gasps> he's, he's being called the Lascar Goyle now. All right. <laughs> oh, I'll take that. Excellent. Which is which is you know it's a it's a marketing PR thing, but I can okay. live, I can live with it. Yeah. And, Goyle is not a gargoyle, so it's just yet another poke in the eye to our I'm hero. I was just going to say, how does he grotesque. feel about that? He's not yeah. happy, and when, yeah, he start, okay. when, he, when he starts tweeting again, he'll let everybody know how unhappy he is <laughs> I'll about be it. waiting for those tweets. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, thank you guys. Have a very happy Halloween. This has been great. And like thank I said, you, we'll, 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 we'll do it again next year. I yes, would absolutely love that. By that point, we will have gorged ourselves on candy, and I won't be thinking about it. <laughs> and I'll work through your stacks. <laughs> this you. has been oh, really great. Yeah. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody. Just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, you can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. that woke you up. See you next time.